Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, hello, it's IGN UK podcast number 299.9999999. Because we have got episode 300 coming up, but it's a live one next week. And because we've had to dilly dally with the dates, you get an extra one, you lucky yeah. little shit. What we should have done is this should have been um, 299.5, and then every week we'll just half it. Ooh. So 9.75, and just keep ah. on going like that. And then we'll never actually reach 300. Also, can I just say, oh, hello. Was that is that the most British start to the IGN UK podcast? As if it wasn't clear enough that this is the IGN UK podcast. It was very English, wasn't we'll it? Basically, Rory is a little bit pissed off because I just did an impression of him when we were testing the mics, and he hated it. It was very distasteful. It's not. I mean, very it, distasteful. It's funny how you say that I sound English in a week where Wales have beaten England in the Rugby World Cup, which is going on at the moment. Is that something that happened? This is the, I, will, I will know about. It's that. the most Welsh I've ever felt whilst living in London. I think. Really? Yeah, because like England are hosting the World Cup. Because you were Cup. drunk. We. <laughs> We beat you. Whoa! Dr. Brother, not Rory. Not Rory. God knows where this kid's from. But we, <laughs> we beat England in your home in your home stadium while you're hosting the World Cup. That's yeah. just rude. That's I mean that's the stuff dreams are made of right yeah. there. Well we like you probably make a film of it. Yeah, we like you work in our country. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so it's well, fine. You're, yeah, because England are notoriously good to refugees. Like me. We are. Yeah. We subdue you first and then give you asylum because we have a overdeveloped sense of guilt. I mean, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the rugby and world. And not Cup. that many doctors. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you guys are too. But what else have you been enjoying? Rainbow Six Siege. Something yeah. I know I wasn't nothing really sure about. What we have been enjoying. Yes, yeah. Rainbow Six Siege. We've been playing. I've been the, playing a lot of it. The, and Rory in particular has been playing loads of it. You have Lots it? of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's very what, interesting it game. Uh, I think it's like it's definitely the FPS I've played most recently where teamwork is so essential. I thought like, you were going to say, why is it good? Well, it's the FPS I've played most recently. Yeah. So, by definition alone. I bloody that. love those. <laughs> They're good. It's a game. Those are fun. Um, it's just really different. I don't know. It's like different to anything else I've played. Why? I was talking to Dan a little bit about it earlier. And while people may not like this comparison, it does kind of feel like a MOBA in the sense of you've got a team of five. Yeah. You can choose between all these different operators, which is very kind of like classes or heroes. Exactly. Yeah. They all have their own uh, very distinct abilities. Also, they split into two groups, attackers and defenders. Yeah. And you'll want to compose a team of both to like really win okay like this one this guy i think he plays for the french special forces and he's called doc they've all got cool names and cool looks and he fires like he can shoot medical darts into his teammates from a distance oh that's a good idea so you could like say you've gone down a corridor and you're a dude with a big shield yeah and you like go down i could heal you without putting myself in danger i want to see lots of interesting like what the healer yeah. He's pretty cool. There's a cooler one. Rory's not into that at all now. No, I got the guy who can punch holes in walls and <laughs> shoot grenades yeah, yeah. through them and light the place up. So yeah. lots of cool gadgets. Yeah, yeah, lots of cool gadgets. And it's definitely like, you know, people have the, the kind of tactic. Well, I guess I have the tactic sometimes. I can be a little bit... Headstrong. Uh, a little Crazy. bit headstrong, a little bit itchy uh, trigger finger. Yeah. So this game, the first time, where we, you know, I was playing with Dan at lunch, and we kind of, you know, we'll spend a couple minutes talking before we even, like, enter the building. Yeah, we're talking, we're I like, turn around, and you're inside. Well, should we tell everyone your genius plan? Well, it would so, have been... Right, so, <laughs> so we're on the top floor, and you can see... You have to explain <laughs> this to me, because I don't even know what it looks like. Okay, so we're playing a mode called Terrorist Hunt, okay. and yeah. we were playing it on hard, so it's almost realistic. Like, if you get a shot, you you can only take a couple of shots. Yeah. Okay. And you it's start like hunting real terrorists. Yeah, you're starting off outside this building, which terrorists have um, they're holed up inside. They've fortified it. They've boarded up the windows. Classic but, terrorism move that is. But yeah. I don't know what they're holding. They're no hostages. They're just they're just hanging out <laughs> together and boarding themselves in. Still and we, you approach this house, and you can enter anywhere. You can go ground floor. You can rappel up to the roof. Yeah. You can blast open windows. There's lots of ways into the building. Mm-hmm. So Rory and I go in, and we wipe one floor clean. Yeah. Yeah. Did a fantastic job. We you know, did. breached very strategic. Dan Scott. This is against real people, right? No, this, this, is, this AI. is AI. Oh, cool. But, but set on it's very like, difficult. Yeah, there's 25 in this house, okay. and you don't no idea where they are. You can send a drone in to have a look around, but you can't. Well, you can tag them, 
after a while, those tags will disappear. So it's not like Mark and Execute where you can just easily go in okay, and find yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. Like they move about and stuff. Right, okay. So basically, we had to go down to the second floor. And mm. at this point, there's a lot of barbed wire around there at the bottom, which is going to slow you down if you try and move through yeah, it. so you can go through it. So I, I, we were kind of looking in the rooms, and I saw kind of a plywood floor. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've got three breach charges. If I plant one of them here on the floor... We can just blow it, go straight through the ceiling, which means you get like surprise. So this, I was like, this is gonna be a great idea. And Dan was like, well, you know what? If you stand on the charge and then no, launch it, you'll drop straight not. down. No, but and I, I told him, I said, I said, Dan, I swear, no, that we, does I've not seen footage where you go, that, like you stand on it and then the floor drops and you're down on the floor and then you drop through it. Well, maybe he, maybe I was supposed to jump and blast and then and then yeah, drop. But, no, but what, either yeah. way, he, he thinks it's a good idea to also stand on the charge. So we've gone from like 28 terrorists down to about nine, oh, no. going to the bottom floor and we just go, let's do it. Launched, we were obliterated, S- spread across yeah, the wall. Yeah, I stood on an explosive charge. I yeah. think that was it. I blew us up. Yeah. He blew it. Yeah. But it could have been cool. And I realized <laughs> after it happened, that's probably something I've seen in a film and not in Rainbow Six yeah. Siege. Yeah. You were thinking of the raid? Yeah. I'm probably thinking of like a Michael Bay film or something yeah. where the expendability and the fragility of human life isn't really thought about exactly I like, I like the idea of it. I'll definitely, I'll definitely have a bash on it. It's really it's good. good. I, I think us as a team of five. Yeah. All different skill sets on realistic. Yeah. Oh yeah, I went there, Rory. On realistic, no. we can do that. That's no. like one I, I bullet. Wanna... There's amazing dudes as well. There's like right. um, there's guys and gals, and this one guy is playing out. He has a shield. Yeah. And the shield has a built-in flashbang, so you just go around doors and go boom. Ah, <laughs> that's really that's cool. A cool yeah. idea. Because it was nice because because the fact that you can't both choose the same operator, yeah. you're kind of forced to kind of customize. So I mean, you had the shield, mm. you were kind of going front, flashing people, and then I was behind him yeah, with, like, with a machine. It really encourages teamwork so, in a yeah. way. Like we, one of the tactics we were doing was going through windows. Yeah, and when I had the shield. I was like, Roy, you take out the window because with a shield, dude, you don't have a machine gun. All you've got is like a little hand pistol. Okay. And that's the trade-off. And I was like, yeah. I don't feel comfortable going through a window first because yeah. all I've got is a handgun. He'll just shoot me. You go yeah. through first, Roy. So he went through and I was on a secondary window because we were on the corner of the building. He went through first. I went through second and then I got him with the shield and I was guarding Rory down the stairs. That's really cool. Yeah, it, it is, is cool. really cool. And I think with more people doing that because we can tackle different floors at the same time. Yeah. Do both sides of the building at once. Yeah. I love that, like, real kind of tactical stuff. It, it sounds really good. It sounds like communication is a massive thing. Yeah, I love that as well, because when you're on heads like this, it's like being on comms. Because you feel, think you're really in I feel army. like I'm really in it, it's pretty Gav, cool. okay? I feel really you feel like a real-life army man. I'll, I'll definitely have a go on it. Um, let's move on to some other cool stuff. And this week, our good and bad sections are called High Score Piss Poor. And that was suggested by Mr. Kyle Chester Marsden. That's one of my favourite ones. I like that one, yeah. Because it's tying into video games. First up, Rory. Cool Lego cars. Yes. (laughs) I did not know it was going to be first up on the list. Well, it's Um, on the list, isn't it? Because it's first on the list. I don't really think I've readings from nerds. To be fair to Rory, his name's not actually on the list. All right, fine. Yeah. Um, Well, this was an amazing amazing opportunity we got. So for Lego Dimensions, the company that was kind of doing a lot of the PR work swung by our uh, our offices the other day yeah. with an array of cars that will be able to be uh, controlled in LEGO Dimensions. Yeah. But obviously because that game is tie-ins with huge franchises, yeah. it was basically like every car that you can recognize from Which popular ones? media. What you got? Uh, so they had the Jeep from Jurassic Park. That's amazing. And the detail in that was really cool because usually yeah. it's like, if it's just the shell, that's pretty awesome. It's really impressive. On the inside, they had the, the the monitor that was giving you like tours of the park and talking about no dinosaurs. Yeah. There were cups on the I dashboard pictures, yeah. uh, with water <gasps> as if it was like the shaking. And they had the, um, in the back, they had the emergency case. I didn't get to open the cases. But like the, that's I wanted to see if they were oh, in there because I love those. Um, was it the one that uh, Nedry took out that he gets attacked by? No, it's not. It's the, no, he doesn't take out one of those. No. So well, it's the green line. These are the more like, the explorer, the, right, the, yeah. the, the, the ones the on the tour, tour ones, the tour. yeah, okay. they're on the tracks. Yeah. Um, so they had that one, which was really, really cool. They had the Ecto one from uh, Ghostbusters, that's pretty cool. Um, which I actually got to ride in. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, and then we had the Batmobile, well, I talk about it now, mate. the classic Batmobile. I'll talk about it now. Then I got to ride in the Ecto one. You have me, Gav. They so not much more to that story, is no, there? there is. Oh, there is, <laughs> my friend, because it was amazing. That, there's more as well. well that? Right. There's more as well as that as well. Why are you holding back bits of your story? Well, it's, it's a you know little. Okay, go it's on. enticing. Yeah. Um, so basically, they when it was kind of our turns to get into the car, mm. they peeled out and they were like, "We're going to take you like a little drive around London." Yeah. 
I thought we were just going to be uh, in the Ecto-1 and they were going to leave the other cars. Yeah. But instead, we were kind of leading the parade of the rest of the cars. So you had Ecto-1, uh, the Jurassic Park Jeep, we, a Batmobile, uh, Batmobile. and a DeLorean. And a DeLorean. I bet people were losing their shit. Yeah, I saw, I saw pictures of it everywhere. Well, because we were, yeah, oh my God, it was insane. Yeah. Um, the windows were like kind of tinted, so it wasn't too awkward, like sitting in the cars, like having people like film you as you go yeah. by. But it was really surreal at one point, like looking back. And we were like turning a corner. So it was like behind us was a Jurassic car Jeep and then a DeLorean in the Batmobile. And I was like, what is this? This isn't real life. It was so strange. And they also put on. If you don't know about Lego Dimensions and you saw that, what would you think was going on? Some mental real life crossover. Mental millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I was rich enough, that's 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 how I'd get around London. When we peeled out, they put on the Ghostbuster sirens on top and it started playing that. Which was really cool. I love that. I love that. Hit traffic. Well, that's it. We hit like our first red light. We're like, all right. And everyone's like filming you and you're like, we're going to bust some ghosts. Here we go. And then you're still there for like. just like, just fly. No, don't fly. That's the thing. He doesn't need roads when he's going. It's Warner Brothers is doing what, Camden. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's Warner Brothers that are doing these stunts at the moment, and they do mm-hmm. like Warner Brothers. I've noticed in the UK when they get an idea for a PR thing, they just do that same thing over and over again. So they did the th- same thing for Mad Max cars, yeah. uh, cars, and they did the same. They did a thing for Batman, I think. Car they had like a maybe. tumbler somewhere. Like cars, they love a car, don't they? Warner Everyone Brothers, loves a yeah. car, yeah. Because yeah. I guess like the people, Justice League fan, people will always yeah, all pour out of that. People will always like to have their pictures taken with cars. It's something tangible. Apparently, there's something about And also, us. it's yeah. functional. You can just drive it to wherever As you want person. to, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's not I'll like driving a truck and then unloading the thing. Out of all those cars, which would you most like to... Which would which would you own? Jurassic Park. DeLorean. Which, which would you like to drive around London? DeLorean. Because I think, for the yeah. people who know what a DeLorean is, to see it, actually see it, people will be like, oh my God. Whereas but, but the DeLorean's Jurassic Park Jeep is car. cool. Yeah, I know that. But the Jurassic Park Jeep, I think that's a bit showy. Do you think well, it is bright green? It has the words Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park yeah. I think I would pick the Jeep, but but also I think it's the most comfy. I bet. I bet oh, the Batmobile is not very good to drive. It was like a one person. Yeah. You couldn't even get in. It was just like that's it was like just a real Batman custom job. That yeah. whereas the, the those are actual cars. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Ghostbusters is a hearse. Is it? No, it's an old ambulance. Yeah, yeah old it's ambulance. essentially yeah. there was so much room. Like me and Kilby got in the back, and it was just like. But there Kilby, room. Yeah. Kilby's in there. Well, he could barely fit. He was biceps were out the windows <laughs> driving down the street. It was ridiculous. <laughs> he, just, like, he just picked you up. Like Johnny <laughs> yeah. Bravo. It's time we get out of this car now over yeah. the sunroof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was definitely yeah, the most spacious. I would take the DeLorean though. Have you got any more of your story? Have you, have that you, that you've been holding no, back. That was it. That That's was all it. the details. But all see, right. now you want more. I don't I do. have any more. I don't have any more. I got out of yeah. the car and I went back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what a day it was. High score then. My high score. Uh, Veep, the TV show. I've been watching. I was ill last you week. You always go on about Veep. Am I? Yeah. I don't know if I am. You mentioned it earlier in the week. I yeah. don't know what this. I don't know what this <laughs> is. It's really so. good. So it's. Do you know what the thick of it is? It's a no. British comedy show. Um, set in sort of uh, around like British uh, politics and it's not what I thought no, this is not what I thought no was going to be pocket monsters no, in this it's not no either this was he's going to be poof, switched off there we go um, <laughs> is it on Crunchyroll <laughs> <laughs> I honestly I saw a beep and I I just if I had to guess I was thinking this is, what do you think it is a disease I thought this was a uh, kickstarted piece of technology like the Veep. I, it I sounds thought it like might be a disease. That... Oh, Gav's got a bout of the Veep again. <laughs> in, got... in fairness, that's not the most mental thing you've ever seen. No, it's okay. reasonable. I, I, can, I can kind of accept it. Yeah. But Veep, basically, so all the people who worked on uh, the British comedy show, Thick of It, went over to America <laughs> to make an American version. I just love you explaining Veep to <laughs> no. Rory. I'm, just... I'm tuned in. I'm tuned in. I'm tuned um, in. I'm, explain, I'm uh, so basically, it's about... Um, the vice president of the United States of America and all the stuff that goes on behind closed doors and things. But I had I realised I had two seasons of it to watch because I was off ill the other day and I absolutely mainlined them. And yeah, it's back to being one of my favourite comedy shows, I think. Oh, awesome. It's so, so good. I think Why it's is it Sky good? Um, because it's... Imagine sort of like really, really, really good, like high-end American comedies. Like it looks really good and it's got an amazing cast. So they've got obviously got a lot of money behind it. But... Take away, like, because I, I feel like sometimes American comedy shows ride that a little bit, and actually, the people writing them aren't that funny sometimes. I think I feel like American comedies they have one sort of format and they run with it, and then that the format is like if you look at like Big Bang Theory, like that's one that joke. is an 
awful The joke is they're nerds. Like, that's the joke. No, no, the joke is, isn't autism fun? Yeah. (laughs) Autism's hilarious. For people with autism, they're really funny. And I think, I think like, there are some really, really good American com- uh, comics. I was talking the other day about Silicon Valley, which is a really good version of Big yeah. Bang Theory. And the joke there is not that they're nerds. It's about, like, actual characters and things. Whereas I think we're really good at making, like, awkward, like, self-deprecating comedy. But take all the amazing writers and producers and directors that work in the UK and put them, give them, like, American people to work with. And it's just really, really good. It feels really high-end. And it feels really sort of, I don't know, it feels really new, even though, obviously, it's not. So I guess the thick of it is the closest... I guess, is that the closest we've got to a comedy show that has those kind of... that high-end feel? So I feel like a lot of British comedies don't do well with higher production values. You don't well, no, like, the thick of it isn't a high production value. But I, guess, I, must, I mean, I guess it's shot in a certain way, though. It's shot in quite a, like, a lo-fi so. way. Yeah. And it kind of goes with that as well. I think you're probably more in the loop. It's really stuff. glossy, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's got a really good sort of, like, I don't know, like look and feel to it. Um, and the story... From, three, from season three and four. Like, I kind of dropped off. The reason I had three and four left is because at the end of season two, I was kind of like, mm, I don't really know where this is going to go. But three and four take in a really, Are really interesting Are they making more of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ends in a really good way as well. How's it doing, like, viewership-wise? Like, is, is it received, well, sure. received I, well? It's been received really well. It won a shitload of Emmys the other day. Oh, well, that's always um, a good sign. So that, that I was ill the day after the Emmys, and yeah. I realized that, and after I saw that it won a load, so I thought, oh, I'll check it back out then. Because a lot um, of the time, like, really good. when that kind of humor has already been established with a show, and then, it, like, if you look at, like, UK office, US office, like, that's yeah. a perfect example. It's the same ideas, but you take it over there, and it's almost like the producers and the writers just don't think it's going to translate, you know, because mm. it's such different vibes. So it's interesting to see a show actually kind of stand with it and, and it does, do... It does kind of stay with well. it, but that, that's an interesting thing, though, because I think the U.S. office, when it went to, you know, the office when it went to the U.S., it became an entirely different thing. Yeah. Whereas... That's when it became successful. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's true, though, because, like, the worst episodes of the American office is when yeah. they try to, like, adapt those storylines. Yes, yeah, And Americans... Yeah. It's not like Americans don't have offices. No, yeah. And it's like tapping into the office culture of yeah. America... Rather than hey, that's equally, that's equally yeah. crap, yeah. and it's equally rich source of comedy, yeah. and I think that's when it kind of found its own, and also then finding who Michael Scott is as exactly, a character, yeah. And yeah, yeah. running with that, and going, yeah. we don't have to be the same. Well, I think I think the thing that I absolutely love about um, about Veep, and I, I think that Amer- the British people do better than Americans, is recognising that we're losers, like... Americans, I think, have a big have a, a big sort of problem with going. We're absolute losers. Whereas, yeah. if you take that idea and put it in the White House yeah. and on like Capitol Hill and things like that, where you have got this team of losers who are helping to run the country, like it's a really fun thing. To Americans watch. beat a game. Remember, that's right. Yeah. yeah, Americans beat a game. We play a game. So yeah, we crush um, it. But yeah, you should definitely check that out. Punch it into submission. If you're American or British, because there's something in there for both of you. So there yeah. we go. Bit of everything, isn't it? Rory, you're down again. Tezuka wants a woman to play Link in a live-action Zelda. Do you guys? Do you guys have a name for uh, downstairs? Do you have a signature name for it? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the whole the hallway. <laughs> downstairs. What downstairs? Is that that's teenage cancer? Well, see, mine ties in because I call mine the Master Sword. No, so it ties no, in. No, you do not. It is the master. Well, do you wait for a small boy to come along and <laughs> <laughs> pull it from the hedge? Yeah. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> From the hedge. Why are you got it in a hedge, Rory? Well, you Stop know, it depends how maintenance is going. In a hedge. Nothing um, to do in Northern Ireland, is there? Look, but... it's, ex- it's exactly what it sounds like. During an interview with MTV, um, Shigeru Miyamoto and one of the developers was talking about who they would choose um, to play Link in a live-action thing. And, yeah. I mean, there was a rumor that was going around that was mm. apparently confirmed that they were working on a, a Netflix show. But then they, they said that's not the case. It completely fills it away. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, pretty happy about that because I, I was a little skeptical as well. Because Netflix shows are so popular and stuff now, if you just go, so-and-so wants to make a Netflix show, I'm like, oh, it's what? done, it's happening. Um, so it's kind of cool because then them suggesting this, like, during the interview, they, you could tell that they it was something they really hadn't put a lot of thought into. Because yeah. they were like, I guess there's some, like, good Japanese actors and there's some cosplayers that look really good and for me that like sense of uncertainty is a good sign because it shows that they're not actually considering working yeah, on a live yeah. action one which I'm very skeptical of but I think um, what but I, think it, I think it'd be cool the idea of a female. girl to play Link yeah, yeah I, I think, think it's a good awesome. idea I don't think it matters it's just like it's, it's a hero obviously you would have to switch some of the other dynamics yeah yeah. Cause you, can't just, part, cause, you can't just take off of time Zelda. and turn it into like a, yeah. it just doesn't um, work I like this you know because he's a hero that's reincarnated yeah. yeah. So there's no way that you know. He's, Who's he's, to say the, yeah. the the cartoon was really good? I, like, I, 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 I definitely, I definitely think they can make an amazing CG cartoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
That would well, be really incredible that way. I think. Like be if easy. they if they went with like Pixar or someone, if they teamed up with like Pixar, and did I think like they could a, do themselves. Look at like Skyward Sword. Make a cartoon that looks. Well, exactly the cutscenes like for that Sword. were really fantastic. It's very an animation like studio there. I'll do it. What? You can't do it. What have I got to do? Animate an entire two-hour digitally animated He'll movie. Do I'll do it for two hours. Ninety minutes. Hour twenty. Nah. Hour twenty. Hour twenty. I'll do. If they did it, well, studio, studio Ghibli. What's it? What's the deadline? <gasps> oh what's my that? god, that would be incredible. The deadline. I don't know, three years from now. What's my? What, what's, what's, what, what's my so buns? On, on the back buns end, what kind of buns am I getting? Nice learner. This? How many points on the back end of my game? <laughs> you've got too much on. I know what you've got on. Yeah, I have got a lot on. It's rupees. I'm, I'm you get paid you got a lot on. You're not about starting another mate, podcast and doing all this sort of stuff. You haven't sold it to me. I'm out. I'm out. I don't need to sell it. I'm, I'm out, out. out mate. I'm sorry. It's late. Too late. Okay, well, I like that idea. Krupa, what's your high score this week? I went to a little island off the coast of Costa Rica. Oh, it actually yeah. wasn't Costa Rica, um, it was Hawaii. It's, <laughs> I went to where they made Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. This which is, is amazing. It's amazing. I'm, I'm yeah, so jealous. I know, it's, it's a bit showy-offy, but this is amazing. So, um, Jurassic World's coming out on Blu-ray um, towards the end of October. Yeah. And they asked Universal, asked if we wanted to go to Hawaii and see where they filmed Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, and interview Ridiculous. some of the people. So we'll have interviews and some stuff going up on um, IGN. Oh, yeah, you definitely Players. went out there to do work. Hey, mate, I took it as holiday, so right. that's just kind of magnanimous kind of guy I am. I would take it, I would take it as well. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah, I took holiday so I could go dick about in the lost tree. Well done, hero. Well, did you go if, if you've the been there, tree? you know it's called the Banyan Tree. <laughs> Um, did you go up? Did you go up to the? No, we went, went in the smoke monster tree. So you went to Hawaii. Yeah, so went to Hawaii. Went to Oahu, which is the main island. Okay. It's not the biggest island, but it's the one where most people live. Yeah, and we bizarrely stayed in the hotel where they filmed uh, "Forgetting Sarah Marshall." It's a good film, it's weird. Um, and we we, it? Um, we went one day to this place called Kalua Ranch, Kalua mm-hmm. Ranch, which is where they filmed. Um, scenes from the original Jurassic Park and it's location Colin Trevorrow wanted to go back to okay because obviously it's key continuity like it, yeah, yeah. yeah so we went to the field where the Gallon Mimes just flocks in the first awesome. movie and we I went with um a good friend of mine who's insanely into Jurassic Park as yeah. well. And we got a picture with the with the tree. Actual tree. With the actual tree. And they're oh like, God. oh, this is the actual tree that was used in the movie. And like, I was cowering behind it. It was like, they're coming, they're, they're flocking this I way. I know the tree. Got a picture. I know that one. And then later on in that day, we met the man who owns this ranch. He's like, yeah, that's the fourth tree because there's a tree in it. It's going to rot outside. I was yeah. like, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? I would have thought that. But So that was a little well, don't bit. Tell, it was don't a little bit crushing because I actually did think it. And I was there taking the picture. I was like, yeah, I definitely recognize that tree. And then later that day, he's like, no, it's I recognize that one part. He's like, yeah, it's tropical climate. Of course, it's going to rot. He's like, yeah, it's like, really uh, what kind of tree was it though? Oh, it was, de- oh, it was a dead one. No, but what kind? I'm trying to do the thing. Uh, but I don't know. You know how much we like trees on this podcast. It's like yeah. it's like in primary school, you know, when the hamster one. dies and then they just replace it, and then they're like, this hamster has been alive for like a hundred years. Well, not a hundred years. That'd be mental. Kids. But a lot of love hamsters, and it's all the same one. And <laughs> back you to, know this. Uh, oh, all right, whatever. Um, Let's go back to same thing. It's basically the same. Um, so did that. We went to where the gyrosphere stuff was filmed and the Irish I thought that was paddock. where the Gallimimus is though it's the same place isn't it so theoretically in the movie yeah it's still it's, to be honest it's still the same kind of valley in Hawaii so there's this massive valley that this family have owned for five generations yes. and every generation they offer them ridiculous amount of money like hotel companies because they just imagine building a hotel in the middle of that valley because they like, want to make the real Jurassic world let them well, that's the yeah. point of the tension is Super they family. they do hire it out for filming. A lot of Lost was filmed there, yeah. and it's maintaining this like natural wildlife preserve. Does the also man, making money from movies that want to shoot there. Does the man who wants to buy the property look like the Colonel from KFC? No. Does he have a little stick? You're not making with a, a KFC with though. an ember ember ball on top. Ember, not amber. Ember. Amber. Amber. Thank you. Next. Saved. N- no, they're, going, not build, they're not going to build a KFC there. So they've, the gyrosphere platform's still there. The IREX paddock's still there. That's because cool. normally film sets would crumble like the tree, but they said we quite like to keep those sets and use them as tourism things after mm-hmm. the movie's fin- finished shooting. So they kind of made them a little bit tougher and hardier yeah. so they'll stand. So we went in the IREX paddock. That's cool. The scratches on the wall. And you can have uh, lunch in the observation room, we, had, right? we, had, we had People had lunch in the observation deck looking over. So I got lots of pictures of basically going, ah, you cooked up a new dinosaur in here. Nice. I actually went with Tom, who used to be on this podcast, of course. Yeah. And we've got a video of Tom chasing behind me as I run out the IREX paddock. That's funny. And looking over my shoulder. I was probably the fat guy who got eaten. 
not Chris Pratt who made it, but you know, that's something for everyone. Um, so that was pretty awesome. What was less awesome was um, we had a barbecue one night on the beach after visiting that ranch. And hard day, wasn't it? It was a hard day because, you know, I was, I was having my third free beer. Mm. I thought to myself, though. Gav would really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. But he's not here, so it's fine. Uh, and I was we, home uh, ill. So I was having a, some, um, a burger and yeah. I also had a hot dog. And I also had a little pulled pork slider. Now, one of these little bastards gave me food poisoning. <laughs> and I don't know which one which it was. One was it? And also, because, so we, we had some beer, went to bed. And next night, next day was the day that I was doing the interviews with Bryce Dallas Howard, <laughs> B.D. Wong, who played Dr. Henry Wu, yeah. and the two kids, the two brothers. I was like, okay, cool. I've got an early start. I've got nine o'clock. Like, I've got to get up, um, interview Bryce Dallas Howard first thing. Yeah. And I couldn't sleep all night. I kept waking up. And then at one point, I just felt like I wasn't sleeping at all. And then around two o'clock, I was like, my stomach really hurts. And it got to the point where my stomach felt so swollen. It felt like a beach ball that was going to burst. Mm. I was like, obviously, I know my stomach's not going to burst. But I'm like, what is this? What if it does? Yeah, what if it does? I'm in Hawaii. I'm not prepared for this. I wouldn't be prepared at home. And then I went to um, to the bathroom. I was sick profusely Ooh. felt a little bit better but I couldn't sleep I got again all sweaty anyway the next day I was waiting for Bryce Dallas Howard and I was just like I was in this little wedding chapel outside that they use for little nice Hawaiian weddings yeah. and they keep telling me it's delayed it starts absolutely pissing it down I'm holding on for dear life to this little wedding chair in front of me Are you just being sick or are you being no I'm just like holding on well. I'm just sick out of my mouth but I, I wasn't sick no no, no 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 nothing coming out your bum no no no, no. Just no nothing out of the bum at any point Maybe that's why your stomach well, was... Well, no, at some point, I'm not... If you don't poop for days, Dan, you're going to feel pretty bad. That's I what I was going to explain. No, no, the so I was po- you were pooping out your mouth? <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. Okay, yeah. Uh, I was vomiting. But the next day, I didn't vomit. But I felt awful. I felt like I was always on the cusp of vomiting. So I was in this... We- it was the most pathetic image. It was like chucking it down with like torrential tropical rain. Yeah. I was in this wedding chapel thing on my own, waiting to be called for Bryce Dallas Howard, holding onto a chair for dear life. The only thing I ate was a small piece of banana cake to keep yeah. it going, to give me sustenance. Yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard went fine. Then I went down to these cottages where B.D. Wong and Ty Simpkins and Nick Robinson were being interviewed. Mm. I was fine for B.D. Wong, held my shit together. Because you're excited, because, I mean, this is the doctor guy... Doctor This is the guy who created the Woo Orchid. Yeah, the, like, the Woo Orchid, yeah. Well, he's a doctor. You he's the reason that Jurassic you Park exists. Geneticist, though, mate. Well, he can make you, like, half dinosaur, and they don't throw up, presumably. And then, Ooh, sorry. What about, that, what about the Triceratops in the first one? It would just be ink. You just go like that and shoot ink everywhere instead of ah, you've embarrassed yeah. yourself oh no my dinosaurs it's, carry on. it's, a, it's a highly viscous um, neurotoxin oh. um, you don't know your dinosaurs and then we went into basically cut a long story short I was nearly sick on the small boy from Jurassic World <laughs> oh. nobody wants to be sick on Ty Simpkins nobody wants to be sick oh. on a child like as a also rule, I didn't know what to ask him either like what do you like weird interviewing a small kid mm, we just see um, like video games right well yeah I did that as well he does not like Shadow of Mordor um, but we'll, we'll put that video up on our gym perhaps. But also, have you got was, a video of you? Have you got the B cam? I'll get rid of them. I thought it's probably <laughs> me, like holding on for dear life. So like, you got oh, this. You got no. this. See them. Just Please. to see how I was so like hot and bothered, and like felt like shit. <laughs> and I think I <laughs> think they realised that because you know with these junkies, like you get pressed for time. Yeah. I kind of ran out of things to say to them, and like I was like, I got my good stuff from everyone. I was like. That's all the time I need, lads. And I just kind of left because I thought, if I'm going to wait any longer, I'm going to be yeah. sick in your face. Mm. I'm going to build a thesaurus here. Also, actually- when I was interviewing them, yeah. um, people in the background, don't film on a beach. Don't film near a beach. Little Dan and the kid walking behind with um, scuba gear on. It's cock out. No. <laughs> all right. I thought that's what you were going to say. No. It's really awkward at Junkers, I found, when you run out of things well, to say to them. Because a lot of the time, you don't. You, yeah, but then you basically, they, they realise that, oh, you don't have anything else to ask me. Yeah, well, I, I, it happens to me. It's a weird dynamic ask, like, interview. That can happen a lot, yeah. though, right? No, no, no. Like, it usually doesn't happen, because, like... You, I, you're really pressed for time. Like, I did, yeah, you got like, four minutes. Well, yeah. I, I did TED 2 recently, and which meant I had to do... Because I, I got to do Mark Wahlberg. So I asked him for, I had four minutes with him, four yeah. minutes with Seth MacFarlane. Um, to do to well, the bear is not him. real, Gav. So that's going to be awkward. four minutes with uh, Amanda Seyfried. So I had n- enough stuff for it. Then I had four minutes with the woman who played Ted's wife. I've got nothing to ask Ted's wife. I've got nothing. Your problem is you married in real life. Wife. Well, I can't remember her name. Because no, like, Ted is the only thing she's been in, really. So I was just like, 
I asked her a question. She didn't really want like I had a couple. Do you of know questions. any um, good restaurants around here? <laughs> and I, honestly, I looked back at the footage. I was in there for two and a half minutes. Like imagine oh, going. Oh, like, yeah, I told a bit like that with last one, but I was really yeah. ill as well. But then you're also well, going to be got, sick. Yeah, of you've got an excuse. Yeah, so I've got an excuse. I would have loved you to be sick of them. You know, like when you. But that, might, that would have that would have been the best video we've done all year. Like viral. Oh there? yeah, I, would, I was viral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Simpkins would have been viral. Who's the most famous person you've almost been sick on? <laughs> That's what I was just thinking of. Uh, I haven't really met a lot of famous people. So I was almost sick on Cliff Bozinski, the guy who made really? Gears of War. Now, yeah, why is that? You hate Gears of War? <laughs> no, I love Gears of War. But I was I was out at E3, just like really hungover. It's my first ever E3. I was really hungover. I was really jet lagged. Didn't really know what jet lag was. Like, and everyone kept saying, and like, I'm Welsh, so I just think everyone's just moaning. And like, we don't really have that in Wales. Like, you just get on with things because well, jet, we don't have jet lag. Jet lag. No, I've been, I've been to one end of, jet, of yeah. Wales to the other, no jet lag. I've been from <laughs> Cardiff to Swansea. You can drive Wales in four and a half hours. You're like, oh fuck, jet lag, man. Same um, time zone. <laughs> <laughs> you just tired. Yeah, that's, I was, what I, that's what I always think. Though I always think when people moan about jet lag, I always think like, oh, just tired, aren't you? But I was I made, dying, like absolutely dying, and I was <laughs> chucked, perfect storm. I was chucked into a room. It was Gears Three, and I was chucked into a room, and I, I was a really big Gears fan as well, so I was super excited. But just outside was Steven Spielberg and Reggie from Nintendo, who were in the Microsoft. Oh, no thing, way. Which was like awesome. That Reggie's in Microsoft, plus Steven Spielberg was there, so I got to look at them. I was sick, maybe about twenty minutes before that get in there got to my appointment which was like 10 past 9 got in there I was just sweating what Steven Spielberg's there oh Reggie's there I'm actually going to throw up it's so loud in here and they're like oh um, you're going in to see Gears of War I was like okay just it's fine I can just watch someone play Gears of War I walked in saw Cliffy B sitting down I was like oh for fuck's sake um, and he was like oh come in and sit down it's just me, him, and about three other journalists. They all go sit on the chairs. I sat oh. on the sofa next to him. He starts playing it. He's like, oh, do you want to have a go? And I was like, oh, I can't. Honestly, if I play that, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick all over you. Um, but I said to him, I was like, oh, sorry, man. I'm really hungover. Um, and uh, he was like, yeah, I thought there was something wrong with you. And I was like, yeah. Oh, no. I, good. I think shows E3 and shows in general, I think the perfect storm for being sick. Or going to Hawaii and eating stuff off a beach. Yeah. Wouldn't well, <laughs> I thought it would be fine. He didn't find the hot dog. Maybe it's just sitting there. <laughs> Maybe it's a beer. It's like, oh. I yeah, well, I, bur I burrowed down and I found a <laughs> store of hot dogs. I was like, Tom, Tom, get in here. Also, Tom got food poisoning as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. did he have the same three little devils? That yeah, he did? well, we thought it was because was there was also this thing they do in Hawaii called, oh, God, called? he Pokey. Mm. The hokey pokey? That's ah, fish. Ah, he pokey. And that's fish. It's raw fish. Yeah. So we but, thought it must be that. But I didn't have that. Oh, right. Well, it wasn't that then. And my missus was there. She had that. She was fine. And she's vegetarian. So it must be one of the meat options. Well, I'm a little well, disappointed well. that they didn't like theme the food. Like no dinosaurs. Because what? Well, Which means well, they don't eat the dinosaurs in Jurassic World. Do you know how much they him. cost? I'm with him. Like, like should be like raptor burger. Yeah. Or well, like well, eggs, well, like well, don't what's that mean? Like, you're not going to eat <laughs> the raptor. Nedry dogs. Nedry dogs. <laughs> yeah. We're well, not going to theme food after a disgraced dead ex employee. Um, what else? What? Come on, let's think of a more. Come on. Part. Oh, I got it. 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 So, when you're at the dessert table, they have tins of whipped cream. You can open them up and they've got the DNA. They've got the, like, John, not John Candy, the other the other guy. Not John Candy. I don't know his name. That is Nedry. That guy. Just, no, we're not, we, can't have, we can't have two Nedry things. We've already got Nedry dogs. Again, uh, they're not going to name something <laughs> after a dead, disgraced ex-employee. Dilophosaurus dog. What's that? You can't just say something. That's crap. T-Rex steak? T-Rex It's not steak. a thing. It's not steak. a thing. <laughs> think. Slab of that. Just, right. amazing. just think. That's, okay. That's, that's why I, rode, I went on the lake where the Mosasaurus lives. All right, come on then. And he, he wasn't in there because it's not real. Okay. <laughs> so that was high score for this week. Another high score thing is... On the 5th of October, one of my favourite films of the year is coming out on Blu-ray. It's Mad Max Fury Road. And to celebrate this, who do we get in the office? Only the bloody director, George Miller. Yeah. Wasn't it? And he's he's a very, very nice man. So what nice. a nice guy, yeah. So we got him in. So why don't you have a watch or listen to a bit of that right now? Hello there, we're here with Mr. George Miller, director of Mad Max Fury Road. How are you doing today, George? Yeah, very good. Very <laughs> so, good. Mad Max sort of Fury Road, for me, it came from kind of like nowhere, because you guys were off filming it for quite a long time, is that right? Yeah, we, we were eight months in Namibia. Okay. We were It was meant to be shot in Outback Australia, but yeah. we were rained out. It, it rained for the first time in 15 years, and <laughs> what was the wasteland became a flower garden, literally. Yeah. And... Uh, so we had we waited eighteen months and it didn't dry up. Right. And so we headed off to 
West Africa. You didn't hear that as a sign. It wasn't going to be like a Don Quixote style, like shooting. You're like this, yeah, well, this movie's yeah, cursed. This movie we couldn't <laughs> kill with a stick. I mean, it okay. started off uh, 2001. We were going to shoot it, mm. uh, uh, or 2000, and uh, we're going to shoot it with Mel Gibson in Australia, and um, and then 9/11 happened, and the American dollar collapsed against our budget. Yeah. We lost 25 percent of our budget. It went on and on and on, and then. I went off and made happy feats and kept on getting up and going away and uh, anyway, eventually shot it. But we were we were there for a long time. I, I mean, everything in this movie is real, real people, real cars crashing in a real desert. And uh, so it was kind of a military exercise, really. Yeah, and you said obviously like Mel Gibson, you know, synonymous with Mad Max. At what point were you, did you have to make the change and go, okay, Mel's not gonna be involved anymore, we're gonna need to find a new Max? About, uh, uh, Half a decade uh, into, into it all, um, we, uh, you know, Mel had all his turbulence in his life, um, and and that no longer became viable. But he was just on the border of the, of of, of the of the right age. It's not an unforgiving yeah. about uh, you know the movie Unforgiven. It's not like an aging warrior. Mm. He's still the same Mad Max he was meant to be. And yeah. Tom Tom Hardy was six weeks old when we first started shooting the first Mad Max. <laughs> Almost to the day. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> you talked about this being um, an old school movie, like everything is real, the cars are real, the people are real, the effects are real. And I guess, like, opposite to that is a trend towards more green screen, more CGI. Is that one of the main reasons you think the movie was received so warmly when it came out? The fact that suddenly people were seeing something that looked different because it was real. People are so used to kind of synthetic I, effects. I, I think part of it, I mean, it, it, it was re, re, it was the logical thing to do because it has no flying men, it has no space vehicles, it's it's set in the real world, it, we don't defy the laws of gravity. So it's kind of crazy to take something that you can do in the real world and, 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 and do it and make a simulation of it. I mean, yeah. if Max wore a cape and flew, it, we'd do it CG. Um, and I, I, I mean, I like CG. I, you know, we the first Babe movie. We waited. Was it was right on the cusp of the digital age, and then on the, on the Happy Feet and so on. But but this one, the story tells you how to make it, and we had we had to go out and and do it. You know, do it with 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 all these rear vehicles, and everything you see is, is real. When you see those guys on the poles, I didn't think. I thought they'd be done CG. Mm. But one day I looked up and we, we kept working on it and the stunt crew were there and they were coming across the desert, yeah. real guys there. And, and we, you know, we, we sent Tom Hardy up on top of one of those things. And yeah. I mean, it worked as, as practical effects and that's always very exciting. And yeah. I think people feel that. I think you can, you know, the eye is, we, 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 we sense when something's not real. Of course, we accept something when something's not real, if it can't be otherwise. But. Uh, but if we see something slightly fake, I think we re re we read it and and it just takes us that s slight bit out of out of the out of the movie. Um, the other thing, you know, the other th fantastic thing was our cameras were so small and cheap uh, that we could, we could put them in harm's way. Right. And we had a lot of cameras, so <clears throat> if you smashed a camera back in the old days, it could cost a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, nowadays, you can go to the local airport, even in yeah. Africa, and Buy one for fifteen hundred dollars. Just smash them up for fun. Yeah, yeah well, where we can put them, and you know, no one would worry. You was, know. was the studio quite receptive to you taking this approach? Because you know, there are movies that make things green screen that don't need to be green screen, and suddenly, what, how receptive were they to doing it in this method? Well, because uh, we'd done these movies before, I think the studio accepted the way we, we were to approach it. I mean, the, the you know, it was a very well prepared movie. That my biggest concern, I mean. I always had that feeling in the pit of my stomach every day we went out there that, you know, what are we going to, what do we have to do today not to kill somebody? I mean, that was a real concern. And we, so we had to prepare meticulously and be obsessed with safety and over 130 days of shooting, big, big stunts every day out there. The hot weather, getting tired. In the, it gets to you. Yeah. And, uh, and we had no serious injuries at all. Yeah. My th that was my first thought coming out of the movies, like how did no one die? So, so, so stressful. What was the most dangerous thing to do, actually? 
Um, the the thing that worried me the most was they was the truck roll at the end. Um, initially, I said, "There's no way I'm going to put somebody, you know, the, the truck, that whole that that whole war rig and its tanker flips." Yeah, and. I said, there's no way we're going to put a human being in there. So first of all, we looked at doing it CG and we said, well, we can't do a CG stunt in daylight at the end of the movie in which every other stunt has been real. Yeah, yeah. We can't do that. Then we looked at doing models and models can work at night but not in bright it's daylight. Unforgiving, yeah. And unforgiving. And then we tried a remote control vehicle but we couldn't get the precision. It was okay, to, but, but you had, it not only had to flip, yeah. But it had to flip right in front of our high-speed cameras, except, you know, to, it had to hit a sweet spot. So yeah. Lee Adams, who did the stunt, they, they rehearsed it with, with a rig and uh, we were raining out the first two days uh, in Australia and he was waiting to do it and we had one take yeah. and uh, he did it. He, he did it, uh, you know, it was very, very heavily rigged. Yeah, and he was safe. But to do it, and literally land it exactly where you, you predicted it would be was very difficult. So that was that was pretty nerve-wracking. Nerve yeah. um, but it's just the sheer weight of it. Just so many vehicles and so many stunt people and all yeah. hanging off vehicles and so on. I mean, they were yeah. It was. It's there's kind of a demented pleasure in doing it, but there's yeah. also a part of it that always has you has you worried. Seems like people have been really impressed by like the amount of sort of practical effects and things you've done in the film. Like every time you talk about Fury Road with someone, they'll say, "Oh yeah, they really did that stuff." Do you think sort of more films will take cues from that and then you know start maybe going a little bit away from green screen and more towards practical effects? I I think there, there's some. Again, it depends on the story. I, I know um, my friend Guillermo del Toro. He he, uh, you know, he just loves practical effects, pra practical prosthetics and so on and so on and uh, where you can use it and, and yet if, you, if you'd use CG properly you can suspend, suspend disbelief and people can believe in it and believe in it and immerse themselves in the screen, into the screen and uh, um, so it's horses for courses really. Yeah. We actually just saw Guillermo del Toro's new film, Crimson Peak, yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah, we saw it yesterday, yeah. Oh, and we came great. out of that thinking, it just looks fantastic because it's got just the sets and things like that. You walk in, you actually feel like, you know, they're actually real and you're yeah, actually in a real place. a lot of real stuff. There's a lot of great practical effects. There is CG, but it's used to yeah. embellish a lot of real stuff. In the oh, movie. fantastic. Yeah, it looks really oh, good. Oh, it's good. It's a real big, high, gothic romance. Yeah. I think people going in expecting a horror movie will be disappointed because it's something different to that. Yeah. yeah. It's a really interesting movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Were you... Um, were you you surprised by how warm people sort of reacted to Figaro Road because I mean it's been a great reaction to it. I yeah yeah you're surprised it was hard to make and 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 uh, it was a very complex movie to cut together because it's basically one extended action se mm. sequence in which you have to learn about the backstory and the characters and they emerge as you tell the story and we shot 480 hours worth of footage it's three weeks continuous viewing without sleep Amazing. and margaret Seixel, the editor had to get two hours out of it and she's got this super brain it's like a massive rubik's cube yeah and uh and to get the right it, it's visual music and you have to have the right causal relationship between one note to the next just as a composer does mm. it's not just banging notes together <laughs> and uh and and so you don't know really until the movie's there. There's no script you can read and get a flow of the story quite as much as you could do yeah. if it was like a play. And um, so until you actually see the f close to the final product, when you've got all the sound, because a lot of the story's told by sound, mm. a lot of the mood's created by music, when the visual effects in there. It's but, almost a silent movie for the long stretch. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I really wanted to make it a silent yeah. movie with sound. You know? That's how it feels. Yeah. Um, you talk, you know, you made three Mad Max films in a different era, and obviously the blockbuster has changed a lot since you made those movies. How much did those changes to the blockbuster affect how you made this movie? Because you know, modern blockbusters have more short, like more shots than old blockbusters, yeah, and so on. Do you feel like you had to like adopt a different kind of style to approach this movie? Well, I, I mean, I'm aware how much the uh, 
cinema has changed in the 30 years since the first one, how much more quickly we read a film. Mm. I mean, the second Mad Max, which was, then was regarded as a pretty intense action movie, had 1,200 cuts. This one has uh, 2,900. Uh, the, the first Jurassic Park had 950 shots. Right. And, and I think only 65 of them were visual effects shots. Mm. And I don't know the last one, but it would be close to 3,000. I don't know how many shots there would That's be. That's interesting, yeah. So we're really, we're learning to read movies much more rapidly. Mm. As I'm always driven, A, by story, and then the technology. I mean, there's a, I have an intense curiosity about that. Um, when Andrew Lesney, the, the great cameraman who shot Lord of the Rings, who shot the Babe movies, came back from um, from New Zealand after the first Lord of the Rings and showed me the first motion capture of Gollum. It's mm. the first time I'd seen motion capture. I thought, oh, we can make these penguins dance. <laughs> and, then, and so the technology is there. And the, even the way back in the very first Babe movie, we waited almost 10 years for the digital technology yeah. to make the animals talk. So I've always been interested in that. Mm. Uh, but the main driving force in, is just how compelling the story is. A story yeah. comes along and it won't let you go. Yeah. But then I always, always love trying to test the technology against it and, yeah. and see what you can do. It's, it's, interesting. Interesting. it's interesting you saw Gollum and thought, Dancing Penguin. Well, I, I saw these people in suits <laughs> and, and, you know, it was, it was, it was yeah. I, well, I, I always wanted to, to tell that story, yeah. but I didn't know how to paint penguins dance because so, animators they try they're not no no it's just difficult to do yeah you can do um you, you know you can get people dancing and then rotoscope them make that's them what mary poppins is that yeah, mary poppins yeah. did that mm. they, they and you know gene kelly and little um tom and jerry who's the little mouse uh, who was dancing with him and they basically but rotoscope the little mouse yeah. dancing with gene kelly's dance steps but that's not as it doesn't really harness the, the you know the the, the ability of the dancers to do mm. that stuff. And and you know, so the technology is great. And in 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 this in this movie, you know, um, there's not much CGI, but it was very CG, but it was very supportive of the process. Mm. For instance, when you see um, Max hanging upside down between the two wheels of a big warring hurtling through the desert, that's Tom Hardy. But he's got two massive cables on him, yeah. and he, even though he's inches off the ground, it's high speed. He's not going to fall to his death mm. um, because someone slips or something like that. I mean, it's heavily rigged, yeah. and then you can erase it. You know, so we had a lot of uh, you know real people and and our r real cast in, yeah. in scenes which in the past you could never do. Mm. I think yeah, I think I think the problem is that like CG is almost like a dirty word, and people think CG, they think green screen, they think like people flying around. When actually, if you use it properly, like as you say, just erasing cables, that's a CG shot. Yeah. So people sort of misunderstand yeah. that, I think. Yeah, and then simple things like, you know, always when I used to watch the old action movies, mm. I'd always look and see how many takes there were by the skid marks on the road as a car did a, a swerve. Yeah. And you'd read about take three or four. Uh, uh, and now you can erase them. So yeah, when you're working in the desert, you've got tire tracks yeah. of the previous take, and you know you, you, it, you've got you know I don't know how we could have done that in the yeah. past. I mean we had to move over yeah. to the next bit of desert, but uh, but now we could just erase it and just have the one tire track that you you kind of need. Things like that that you don't even think exactly, about yeah, normally yeah. watching a movie. And the other big thing was changing skies. I mean. You know, you, you, you had to shoot. You, there's no way you could predict what the sky would be doing. Mm. And if you're shooting over 130 days and yet the film happens only, the story happens only over three, yeah. uh, there's a big variation. So we're able to sort of make the skies a little bit more uniform than you yeah. would normally do. You take one sky and, and bring into other shots, which you couldn't in the, in the, old, in the old days. So that was George Miller talking about Mad Max Fury Road out on DVD on the 5th of October. Now we're going to move on to Piss Poor. What is Piss Poor? But actually, I'm going to bring out something that we talked about yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're going off piece, Dan. Listen, listen. I don't do that. Listen. So, <laughs> the new. We, we, had, you, that we had a discussion about this yesterday. The new iOS update. Oh. It's updated the podcast app. And this might be something that is interesting to these I people. I can't believe we've gone from George Miller to you. 
Whining. <laughs> I say, it is a reasonable complaint. I'll it's give you that. But what, we'll, you, we'll dig you, into it. You we'll challenged me yesterday. Well, no, I challenged... Yeah, so, so the new iOS update, right? Yeah. So you've got, you've got your phone here, right? Just so I, nice can remember, I can remember it. Yeah. So now, we, your podcast is not where mine are. What are you doing? That makes sense. So in the podcast app now, right? Yeah. It's updated it. So before, what would happen was, if you wanted to click on, if you wanted to play a podcast that you've downloaded, you just clicked on it. And if it hadn't downloaded, it would download it for you. Whereas now, if you click on it, it streams it from the cloud, but you don't know that it's streaming it. You think it looks exactly the same as if it's downloading it. So I'm walking around, this in the podcast that I think I've downloaded on the goodness of my Wi-Fi, when actually I'm just streaming, I'm walking around using my data. So there's no way to tell when you've downloaded something and when it's... No, there's a way of telling, but it's just changed it. I didn't, there's a, I didn't know. I can't do that. At the beginning. I'm a man of one gigabyte a month. Really? I cannot afford oh, yeah, it. exactly. But, but, but what I'm saying is... Good. You can. You can download it at home. You can download it at home. And it, you just got to make sure you remember that. So the point I yeah. was bringing to the table, yeah. not that I don't disagree that it's not a great redesign, what I was yeah. saying is you're a man of one gigabyte. I am. Yeah. So you'll download it at home. I do. Yeah. You'll still have to do that with this. Yeah, you do still have to do that. What I'm saying is it's a warning to people who don't know that the system has changed. Because it's because before, if you haven't downloaded it, you get the little cloud and the little down right. arrow. That's and then right. I know like... But there's still a cloud. There's a cloud, yeah. So what do you want? But it is not, there's not a little download button anymore. You've actually got to click on it and go download the episode. Yeah. So to show Rory, right. this is what it looks like. Yeah. So you don't... That is not on your phone. No. And then you need to go like that. Download episode. Download. But you can also that's set settings much. for it to download while you're on Wi-Fi. Yeah, you can. Oh, that's amazing. So there's it's a, a problem, that, it's a a problem that can be entirely negated. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. It's a problem that can be solved. I'm just, I just want to make people aware of it. Okay. Okay. He's I'm doing providing his part. a public service here. Thank you, Gav. You've got to do your bit, haven't you? <laughs> next. Yeah. <laughs> I have to take it so, so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> next on Piss Poor, Young People on Podcasts. Such an old man. It's not, this is not my gripe. We had droves of emails last week. At least two. Droves. At least two emails. And a tweet I got. And a tweet. I had loads of tweets, actually. I had about four tweets saying, All right, mate, it's not competition. For, for God's sake, <laughs> we need an adult on the podcast next week. I, you know what, guys? Take what, your complaints to me firsthand. What you say about? I will, I will address these if you want to at me on Twitter. Are you offering We can have out? a reasonable conversation. So basically, last week was you, Luke, and Bear Park, who have a Richard combined age of 12 years old. Yes. So I think a lot of people... Well, confused by a lot of your references. Not um, that confusing. I guess, well, like 90s TV shows. That's a pretty popular topic well, conversation. It depends on the TV show, though, isn't it? We talked about loads of them. Not even, like, yeah. territory-specific. UK, US. Um, and judging by how well the Nickelodeon news and the Keenan Kell news has trafficked on site, we were like, this is a good talking point. It's one wow. of the most hitting news videos of the month. Well, so. how, how wrong you were. Yes, I'm a fool. People, did, people didn't like that. So you were born in 1991, I was. I was born in 1985. Krupa was born in 1996. I was born in 1897, the same year as the cinematograph was invented. <laughs> the year of our Lord. So, Rory, I just wanted to check how many, oh, right, God. of... Can you, first of all, name any of the top ten highest-grossing movies that came out in 1991? You know I can't. Well, look, I'm not a good representation of people born in the 90s either because I am a, I'm a different, I am a special type of person. You, but you're a child of the what? world. I hold on to very select he's pieces like of information. He's a clone. He's and a fucking clone. I just already found him out. I'm just, I'm, I'm like not a, a good uh, representation of people. I am not human. Can you name one? What is film? A top film from 19... And one of the top 10 highest grossing films of 1991. Uh... I don't even know when, when my films I like were made. Oh, uh, I feel like an Indiana Jones film. Nope. No. I feel um, like a right... I feel like two films of T's. One of them is a Disney film. One of them is a Disney film. T turn of the turn of the, the century Disney film. <laughs> uh, oh, I was trying, uh, I was trying to signal to Rory over Gal's shoulder the letter T. For what? And, what does that help me And with? then two. And then Toy Story going, 2. Is there two two T's? <laughs> two T films. Toy Story 2. Terminator 2. Oh, Terminator 2. Toy also Toy known as T2. T2. Yeah. Judgment Day. Um, that was the top grossest film of 1991. I saw that film. I love that film. Followed by Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. You seen that? Nope. Beauty and the Beast, the Disney film? Yes, I've seen that. Hook? Yes, I've seen that. Sounds of the Lambs? Y yes, I think I saw half of it. JFK? No. Seen the President, not the film. Yeah, oh, yeah, how have you seen the president? Well, not in person. 
<laughs> the, the, Adam, the Adams Family? No. Cape Fear? No. Hot Shots? Yes. City Slickers? That's a no. Is that the one about animals? Well, there's, there's, there's cattle in it. Yes. No, what do you mean? Well, it's mainly human-based. He's thinking Caddyshack. You, think, you think well, on the range? Well, right? It's a lot of my, like, genuinely... Some of my favourite films come out in 1991. Oh. Terminator 2. Robin Hood? Tom? No. Terminator, Terminator 2. Beauty and the Beast. Sounds of the Lambs. Cape Fear. Well, no, Hot Shots Part 2. But, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Everyone's yeah. like, Okay, then what about video games that came out in 1991? I was one. Yeah, I know, but how many of these? Like, can you name any of the ones that came out? And it's actually pretty cool. Uh, no, I can probably tell you if I played them though. Although this is probably not going to be. Nah, this is good. I think I think you would have played all of these. Okay, give it a shot. F Zero. Yes. Super Mario World. Yes. Link to the Past. Yes. Sonic. Yes. Sonic's first game came out in 1991. I did not know that. Sonic's first and only good game came out in 1991. Two iconic people born in 1991. Me and Sonic. I'm a little faster. I'd but. rather you than Sonic. So, yeah. Oh, that's Lemmings, that's... which was released on Valentine's Day that year. Never played that one. One of the greatest games ever made. Mm. Don't know about that. Road Rash. Wait, wait, you can't say that if you've not played it. What did I say? I, I said one of the greatest games ever made. You went, I don't know about that. You said you haven't played it. Well, I don't, I've never heard of it. I don't, don't, oh, don't be flippant. Presumably, I know the idea of Lemmings. Presumably, Rory. that didn't come from the game. The people did who it? made Lemmings went on to make GTA. <laughs> Road that's Rash. True. That's, that's true. true. that's true. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not true at all. Thing. That's true. Uh, you didn't know what Lemmings was just two seconds ago. So and then you're going to all hear well, about it. That sounds like a ridiculous you know something existed. I have played Road Rage. Is that Road what you said? Oh, fuck's sake. Road Rash. What the hell's Road Rash? <laughs> what's sounds Road like an STD. No, what's Road Rage? <laughs> Road Rage was a game where you were you were on a bike. That's Road Rash, mate. That's Road Rash. <laughs> Why would they call it Road Rash? You never had Road Rash. Are you talking rash? about the one where you like whip people with chains? Yes. Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah. We should ask George Miller about Road Rash. Yeah. I bet he's had that. I bet he I bet Max played had that. Yeah. Uh, Street, Street Fighter 2 came out in the arcade as well. So, well Hopefully done. Right, now how many of these famous historical events do you remember from 1991? Do you remember when Czechoslovakia becomes the second Eastern European country to abandon its command economy? I remember that. No. I remember that. Banging, weren't it? I think it was a um, do you remember when the Japanese asset price bubble collapsed? Oh, oh Jesus Christ! Oh, and, uh, in California, they passed the first anti-stalking law. Good. Never been the same. Never been <laughs> the same since. I used to follow people around as a baby. <laughs> yeah. So that's the last bit of uh, piss poor that we've got, and hopefully there'll never be another young person on the podcast again. It's just be old. The podcast old is, is weird because one of those things where it's like you kind of adopt the mannerisms of the people that you're with. No, you don't. Like I feel like if I'm with. Like, if I'm, like, Luke and Rich, like, this, the topics of conversation seem to be, like, younger, so you kind of adapt to that kind of... Like what? Like, the, well, the, everything we were talking about. Like, stuff that we're used to. You talking about what you know. We were talking about, like, vomiting poo. Trainers. Yeah, well, I know that You need stuff. to be, str- be I mean, stronger. Doing a lot of pooping and vomiting in 1991. You can be stronger than them. From... I appreciate you, that. You can be stronger than From poop and trainers to a competition. Who can Effortless. Who can vomit the most... In, that's not the who can train no, that's, that's, that is not the competition now. the competition is though guess what's out this week on in the cinemas in uh, The Martian The Martian Ridley, new Ridley Scott film like remember how excited you used to be for a Ridley Scott film for Prometheus yeah. this makes it well, more, this I wouldn't really blame it all on Prometheus no I'm not I know. but a resounding yeah but The Martian resounding return to form. really really good Really, really good. Matt Damon's in it. Um, got a really, really cool character. You've seen it? It looks really fun. No, we should know. re-watch Prometheus one week. Very excited. And talk about it on the podcast. Because I've seen loads of people, people I actually quite respect, yeah. saying, because I've only seen it once in the cinema, mm. that a lot of people say and they think history will be kinder to yeah. Prometheus. Is it a love-hate thing or is it a majoritively a hate thing? Yeah. I have never seen Prometheus. Um, the editor of uh, GameSpot in the UK, Rob Crossley, he thinks it's really Scott's best film. Yeah, that, and that and tells also, you everything you need to know about Spot, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shots fired. is lovely. But we've got competition, right? <laughs> we do, yeah. To win. The Martian was a book before it was a film, Rory. Right? We've got first... <laughs> What's a book? An audio book, you mean? <laughs> you I mean believe... a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you mean a podcast? <laughs> hey, can hey, is it one of those podcasts? <laughs> so we have Don't got... Scream it. This is actually a really good prize, right? So The Martian was booked for as a film, and we've got a first edition of the book signed by the author Andy Weir and Ridley Scott himself, who didn't write it, but he's still a really good nice person. And to be in with a chance of winning, right... In The Martian, the film, and I'm guessing the book, right? Yeah. The way that Matt Damon stays alive is by mucking around with potatoes and stuff. 
He manages to grow potatoes on Mars. Like Ireland. Right? Yeah, if you want. So Equally inhospitable. In <laughs> <laughs> harsh. If you were stranded on Mars, this is the question for people at home if they want to win a copy of The Martian that I've just said about. Can we answer it? No. Well, you can answer it right now. Okay. If you were stranded on Mars or whatever, yep. what one food would you take to stay alive? Well, not to stay alive, just because you like it, maybe. Presumably, I'm, I can just grow... An insane amount of this food. Well, yeah. if it, you, if you can grow it, no, so no, 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 no. I think we'll, we'll plant a hot dog. Well, yeah. like, like you on the beach, Nedry dog. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, oh, T Rex steak all day. Uh, like, like t- it's not a thing. <laughs> so, what, what one food? Would you, if you could take an infinite supply of food up with you, what, what you want you something that you're not going to get sick of, even if you have it every day. Well, that's it. Like, what's really Moorish? Special K. <laughs> Because you want to keep Special your sugar going. Really on. Good. I don't want to be Sometimes like, you eat it and it tastes wanna... sugary and sometimes it's really yeah. salty. I don't know if I want to be carb loading like old fatty Damon here. Well, yeah. no one's going to no one's gonna see <laughs> Actually, before we say our answer, how do people enter? People can enter. So if you want to win a copy of the first edition mm-hmm. of The Martian, email us IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com with a podcast with the head in Martian competition and your answer for what one food would you take to Mars with you that you'd have to eat for the rest of your life or until NASA saved you and do you have to live in the UK well, you have to live in the UK unfortunately yeah sorry sorry um, but what one food would you take with you oh. and the best answer or the one that makes us laugh the most will win the prize I'm taking special K with me what are you taking with I you I got one already what a burrito because a burrito. you can take it apart exactly and then you've got you've got some rice you've got some corn yeah. and you have all the burritos you, you basically yeah. cheated because you have like yeah school, I'm having um, two things I'm thinking of well I don't know no one thing You're gonna four, get four, four seasons four. pizza four. so if I'm sick pizza. of one quarter I can have the other quarter the still next pizza, day though, that's what it? you should do is you take a four season pizza and only like <laughs> for as long as you can stand it only eat one corner yeah. to chuck the rest away yeah well it could be on cycling them every four days the other thing I was thinking of is like a mixed grill but then I That's think, cheating, though, right? Why is that cheating? You're well, like the kind of dick who would be like, like, I'd wish for a thousand more wishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're going to be the dick seeing Special K on Mars. <laughs> well, going, I didn't know Mitch was an option. But at least I can fit into this swimsuit. Oh, what's that? There's water here. Yeah, he's, he's Mars beach body ready. He's good to go. I go strut I, around with aliens. Oh, and like, no, I'm, be- uh, yeah, I'm beach ready. Where's the water? It Get is, there. Die because no fucking oxygen. It is it's quite water. mental that the week that the Martian comes out is the week that they start mucking around on Mars and found a load of uh, water. Stop referring there, yeah. to science as mucking about. <laughs> That's so disrespectful. How have we got this? Oh, a lot of mucking <laughs> out played off. We muck that, about. What we're doing, not like. <laughs> you mean that's why I'm doing this? This is not science. Because I would call this mucking about. This is no science. No, this is work. So we work, and at the end of it, there's a podcast. NASA work, at the end of it, they go to Mars. Same yeah. thing. Mucking about. Same All thing. All mucking about. We, we often confuse millimeters and inches. <laughs> but that is strange, though, isn't it? The water thing. The Mars thing. It's, it's weird. Well, it When's the last time we heard about Mars? Not for ages. No, no. You hear about Mars every day. No. Yeah, they hear loads no, of stuff. How long ago? But like, it takes X amount of time to get stuff up. I thought it was weird that they found something and they were like, we're going to make an announcement in like seven days. It's like, teasing. that's not, well, I guess it's your information to release when you want because you found it. But yeah. that's a bit strange. You don't really, it's not like a, like a press release or What's something. What's the like, of the war? Like, is it spit? Reasonable. Yeah, is it spit? Presumably. Tears? Sweat? Come on. These are all the same amount. Those are not the only sources of water. (laughs) What? (laughs) Just because that's how you derive all your moisture. Come on, spit in my mouth. Well, let's bring this to a close end. Remember, so if you want to... (laughs) If you want to enter our lovely Martian competition, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com with the subject head in Martian competition and let us know which one food would you take to Mars with you to eat forever or until NASA save you. And that is IGN UK podcast number 299.99999. Next week, we'll be live Ooh. not on the Friday, because we're recording but, but, on Friday. But Monday. But on the Monday after. What date is that? Off the top of your head. It is the uh, 12th. The 12th. 12th. The 12th of October. Monday, the 12th of October. And I think we'll also Why are be you back. Writing that down? Also, we'll be back that following Friday with oh, yeah. a special guest. Are we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember now. thank you very much for listening if you're coming to the live podcast we can't wait to see you and hang out with you bye see you later
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.